Hi, my name is Shirley Bilson, and I'm your host for the Revelation podcast. This podcast is about reinvention, courageous goal setting, and inclusive thinking for results. It's a mix of personal journey, reinvention stories, strategies, and exploring the critical role of what goes on between your ears, taking a conscious look at unconscious thinking. Always remember, if you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. <laughs> okay, Marie. Hello, podcast listeners. It's been a while, but I have a guest with me today. Um, I've been a bit picky, a bit picky about who I'm going to have on um, because I want to interview people that are really going to add something completely different and something that I sure as hell can't give you. And Lisa Barwise is my guest today. And what an interesting name. I'm just going to come back to that in a minute. I've only just spotted that. Lisa Barwise. <laughs> I'm going to give you the briefest introduction and she'll tell you all about herself. But um, Lisa describes herself as helping busy women over 40. Mm, that's most of us, isn't it? At least to become stronger in mind, body and character and develop the strength, belief and body of a superhero. Hmm, that's quite a tall claim to fame, really, isn't it? <laughs> so Lisa, tell us, tell us something about yourself. Well, uh, yes, hello, thank you so much for having me on. I love, this is one of my favorite things to do is talk, but talk to women and talk about helping women, it's just awesome. So thank you so much for having me. Um, why don't we start with the borrow-wise thing since that's yes. so <laughs> so um, the, the name Barwise is actually Scottish. It's descended from, um, we're descended from Robert de Bruce, actually. So we have some sort of Scottish uh, royalty in our blood. Um, and my family's yeah, descended from Scotland. And also I'm based in Northern Ireland, but I grew up in Australia and I've traveled around the world and lived in different places. So that's why I tend to sound like you couldn't tell exactly where I'm from. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yes. Yes, I had thought about it. But I think what was really suddenly popped into my head, as, as I, and it's not the first time I've looked at it, but just as I was reading it, I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, because you specialise, one of the things you specialise in, I know is, is dumbbells, isn't it? But I... Kettlebells, yep. Kettlebells. Oh, I'm so sorry. Did they used to be called dumbbells? Oh, no. Nope, no. never. No, no. <laughs> Okay, no. now you know why I don't do this stuff. <laughs> um, I just had this vision because bar-wise suddenly seemed like, oh, gym, bar. I oh, interesting. Whereas most people take it to either law, like taking the bar, okay. or like the bar with cocktails, as in what's yeah. around here, you know, to go and have a drink bar-wise. Yeah. I've heard people use that yeah. and then they giggle because they're like oh we know a bar wise that's hilarious so um my dad did once say I'll either end up being an alcohol or being a lawyer um and I ended up working in the alcohol business for a long time I actually uh, worked for a wine company for a while too so it actually was quite uh you know prophetic a little bit as well but yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting name, but you know, one that I've learned to love, even though I have to spell it every single time I say it. But anyway, <laughs> really, you would think oh. that bar wise, just as it sounds, which I used to say, and then realized that sounded kind of you know a bit <laughs> antagonistic. Whereas now I just spell it out, but it is like just as it sounds, bar wise, just as it sounds. And then they get I got bar wife, bar vis. You oh, know oh, yeah. I know, I know. Well, um, I mean, and. You just reminded me because I did uh, 
I started doing, sorry, we will get into the interview bit in a minute. It's, just, it's all right, because I love this chat. Because I, I want people to get the value of you. But um, I started doing Instagram Lives. Oh, yeah. Kind of playing with it a bit. And uh, and it gives you the opportunity that it will self-create the subtitles based on... Oh, yes, it's doing that now, yes. Oh, well, I must have the worst addiction ever because, honestly, the things it comes up with, it's just, I some of it was German. Yeah, I know there's a, there's a great one that I love. I would um, obviously I do a lot of online videos and I was getting one of my coaches to do an online instructional video to take them through a specific move. And she's Northern Irish. She's quite softly spoken. So I had to put the subtitles in. I have a lot of clients in Canada and throughout the world, uh, Australia, America, everywhere. So I thought it's important to put these subtitles in. And I was editing her subtitles. And in the middle of it was kangaroo. Like I was like, I'm sure she didn't say the word kangaroo at all. But like, how did they even think she said kangaroo? It's like not even close to what happened. But I was going along, kangaroo, brilliant, made me laugh. So <laughs> I know. Well, I made a mistake. I'm I'm writing a book at the moment, and when I had a big block with it, and I thought I've got to get back into this, I thought what I'll do is, um, someone gave me the advice. But great, I'll do that. They said, oh, you know, you can just record it, speak it, and then transcribe it. I thought, great, I'll do that. So I did that, left it, came back to, oh, I have no idea. I thought, what the hell was this? I don't know. Anyway, I'm digressing massively. So sorry. <laughs> That's all right, let's bring it back. <laughs> so, okay, last bit of digression. I, what I was thinking of, I think it was Barbell. Barbell. Ah, uh, Barbell, yes. That's a gym Barbell is a, yeah, it's it's a gym equipment, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, I thought I'm not not that far off you see now i'm just being midlife-ish menopausal um so tell us uh tell us what you do why you do it what is it that what, what yeah well you know it's interesting because like as i said to you before i don't consider myself a fitness professional i actually um, I am a fitness professional, but I don't consider myself one, which is ironic because it's not the be all and end all. It's not, it's kind of like the end of my journey rather than the, the start of it. I started in, um, in corporate world in business advice and marketing, mm-hmm. um, and then just decided and was working with a lot of, um, fitness clients, writing business plans for them and helping them, you know, put their businesses together and market their business. And I did a lot of online digital marketing too. And then that job just started to get to the point where it was a job where I used to train people. I used to speak at the front of the room and teach and train. Um, But my position changed very quickly to just sitting down a lot. And I started to feel like I was just crumbling. Like I was, you know, at that point I was, let me think mid thirties coming into, you know, late thirties. And I could just feel like my body wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. I was always somebody who was quite active. And at that point I'd been studying nutrition for 10 years. I was like a side thing. And I was like, this just feels like, I just don't feel like this is gonna be good for me. I'm just gonna end up crumbly and I don't know, crumbly was the word that came to mind. And um, I just took the head staggers and was like, nope, and gave up that job basically. And decided to retrain as a personal trainer. Now, 
that might sound completely mental because there is a little <laughs> there's a little bits of the story that I should pepper in is that at that point I had been studying um, nutrition. So um, my son is now 14. And when I first um, became pregnant, I became very interested in nutrition. I've been a vegetarian. In fact, I've been a vegetarian now for over 14, 24 years and you know was always fought by medical uh professionals about well, what about your iron and what about your protein and what about all of this and um wanted to show that i could do it and do it well so i spent a lot of time and a lot of you know chatting to other uh, wellness pr uh, practitioners etc that i wanted to learn about supplementation and i wanted to learn about how to do all of that because i wanted to not just be healthy for me i now had somebody that i wanted to be healthy for for as well and i wanted to be around longevity wise like i wanted to be there for all his milestones i wanted to be also not just be around but be like a little bit kick-ass like I, I envisage myself in my 90s if not my hundreds still bossing people around and swinging a bell and being all that sort of fieriness so you know both of my parents died from degenerative diseases too young you know in their 60s mm. and that was their lifestyle choices you know they my mom smoked like a train, drank like a fish. My dad pretty much the same. He was in the Navy. So there was a lot of, um, you know, just choices that they didn't understand the consequences of, I suppose, at that point that, you know, it wasn't really mm. so wildly advertised the link between these things and disease as also nutrition and disease or, and also, you know, lack of exercise and disease. So I took it upon myself to be like, okay, I just want to be somebody who is around for all the milestones of my child so that when he's in his teenage years when i'm probably gonna be tired because when you're in your 40s tiredness is a thing all the time <laughs> but i want to be able to be that kick-ass person for him i still want to be able to go out and you know play games or go for a ride on our bike or be very active so that was my initial kind of like intention or motivation to do any of this and then I just started to realize that I actually enjoyed it. And I'm not somebody who wakes up. Like I, I, I just, I like to say to people that I am probably the laziest, healthy person that you know. Like I am not one of these people who wake up every day and go, yay, I get to exercise today. This is amazing. No, no, no. I wake up every day and go, oh, shit, I have to exercise today <laughs> because one, it's my job, which is kind of cool, right? That I have that accountability. But at the other time, it helps me to go, well, why am I doing this? Like, why would I even want to? Why would I even want to go and do these things? So I've spent a lot of my years answering that why. In fact, that's kind of what I think puts me apart from other wellness practitioners that also do fitness is I study the why, the, you know, the science, the research, the testing, the what works for me, and also telling you, so rather than go, go away and do 10 burpees, like who wants to do burpees? Like I have, I don't do burpees, yeah. burpee free zone over here. But because I'm like, well, what's the point? Well, if you can tell me that right now, that's the best exercise for me to do based on my body and my goals and what's going on for me as a woman in my mid forties, then I'll do the burpees, but nobody can. There's very few trainers out there that have done the research, spent the time to go, actually for a woman in her forties who's had children, a burpee is not the way forward, right? for example. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I think is, that's my driving force is if I'm going to spend the time and effort <laughs> because I'm naturally lazy, I want to know what it is that's going to give me the most bang for my buck to help me to still live that long, healthy, energetic life. And also feel like, even though I'm a woman of middle age, that I'm not 
like frumpy and tired and all of those things that are generally associated during this time. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like that. So yeah, you call yourself middle-aged, but you know, you're comparatively young, really. I mean, you know. I don't think there's such a thing as young or old. I just think there is a, there's a number and that's there, it. And there's no judgment well, number or whatever in terms of other than, I think actually more like lifestyle or life stage, you know, I'm still, you know, very much in my menstrual cycle. I don't believe that I have a lot of perimenopausal symptoms yet having, you know, done the research that I have, but I still train my body based on my menstrual cycle so that I can understand it so that I stay younger. So although if I'm sure if I was metabolically tested right now, which you can get by the way, so, you know, what, what do I have the metabolism on? I'm pretty sure it wouldn't come out at 44, which is what I am. I'm pretty sure it would come out with somebody in their, in their 30s, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious, what I'm curious about, I think, is that, I mean, I'm presuming that amongst your client base, you have women who are in their perimenopausal and menopausal stages. Yes. So tell me about them, because that, that, I, that is the majority of my audience, you know, women... Yes well over mid 40s um yes okay so 40s 50 my majority of my clients like 90 percent are 40s for uh, 40s 50s and 60s currently probably more in their 40s and late 40s uh got quite a few in their 60s as well not as many in their 50s now that's just interesting because they've kind of evolved but what i have found is that um, and how this all started was I had a client in her 60s and I was like, you know, at that point I was in my early 40s and I was like, I need to figure out, it, it didn't make sense to me that I would train her in the same way that I would train a client in their 30s. Hmm. It didn't make sense that they would eat in the same way as nutritionally for either fat loss or for health or for whatever as somebody in their 20s. It just didn't make sense to me. So I'm like, okay, if this is my kind of belief or my thought, let's go and actually get the information and get the science. So, because I'm that person, right? That little ferreter of like, I'm, yeah. I'm like a health geek. I like to know all these things. So that's what I did. And I went on a quest of information. I studied under, I did um, loads of different metabolic courses. I study on, and I read everything that Alyssa Vitti has ever published about menstrual cycles. Um, I've spent a lot of time interviewing people who are menopause focused practitioners in health, et cetera. And, um, and also other fitness professionals. Here's the thing that's the really big kicker of it all is that the majority, like we're talking 70 to 80% of all health and fitness studies are not done in women still in their menstruating years, right? Right. So they're only done on young men and oh, women yeah. that are menopausal. Does that make sense? So the fitness studies on women that are menopausal. Uh, men, uh, have gone through menopause so really? anybody who are still cycling and within a cycle they don't test because something happened um i think it was in the 50s something happened as a regard of one of the tests and somebody lost their ability to conceive their fertility and i think it freaked everybody out is what from my understanding and therefore they didn't do as many tests so when you see somebody come up with a new craze like a hit craze or a or a do this or do whatever, most of the time, the science of what they're giving you has been tested on young men in their 20s. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Right? 
That to me is absolutely insane, right? And then, yes, some of it is tested of women in their fifties and their in their fifties mostly. Um, and but I believe that the, the key thing to get from all of this is that one, there's not a lot of science out there to actually give us the guidance. And number two, no other, very few other fitness professionals are actually seeking out that thirty percent that is done on ladies throughout their different stages of their cycle and using that as part of their overall wellness programs, fitness programs, strength, body shape change, fat loss, whatever it is that, that we're looking for. So that's like, that to me was like shocking. Like I was like, seriously? So the stuff that people are telling me to do, AKA just let's call it the burpee, <laughs> for example, right? Because the burpee is not like, you know, for women who, anything to do with the jump and, you know, and pelvic floor and oh, all that sort of stuff makes no sense to me. Um, because why would you get somebody to do something that makes them more uncomfortable, that doesn't actually help them or move them towards their goals? It makes no sense to me. So that's what I did. I went on and ferreted all that out. So what I was able to do for this client in her 60s was realize that when it comes down to a training plan, when you're going through perimenopause, menopause and postmenopausal, it becomes all about stress. I'm sure you're, you've heard this. I'm sure you say this too. You talk about this with all of your clients. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to exercise, guess what? Exercise is stress, right? So exercise is an added stress on the body. Now, if we have lived in our mindset for the last, say, say for example, like most of my clients who come to me, they've lived in a diet mindset for 20 years. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Haven't we? We've always been on a diet. You know who is always on a diet? Only women. I know. I know. Physique athletes whose job it is to stand on stage in twinkly bikinis are not always on a diet you know celebrities or actresses or superheroes and superhero movies are they always on a diet they are not right the only people that are always on a diet are women who don't know <laughs> like they're just been told to be on a diet culturally so let's be on a diet so we're dealing say with 20 years of that we're dealing with 20 years of mindset of diet mindset etc so by the time and maybe more by the time a woman is starting to hit into her uh, 40s, let's say early 40s, she's had to deal with that. And now you're hitting all of the issues of that thyroid issues, metabolic issues, um, what you thought, what used to work in your 20s no longer works. You're also just burnt out. I mean, there's lots of things I could go oh, yeah. into medically, and I'm sure you talk about this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But if we talk about it from an exercise and nutrition point viewpoint, you're basically having to undo 20 years of, let's say, poor decision making is the mm. nicest way when it comes to your nutrition choices and when it comes to your exercise choices. And also, like, I, I find this actually quite, uh, I'm going to say the word insulting, that sometimes people come to me and go, I just want to do a class, just want to do a workout. Mm. And I go, and I'm sure you find this too, when people ask for your advice, it's like, so you're completely diminishing the fact that I've spent you know, 20 years of my life studying qualifications to be a qualified, you know, personal trainer and uh, naturopathic health coach and all of these things. And you think the answer to your problem is a workout. <laughs> One workout, gonna solve it, right? One workout, that's gonna do it. Yeah, come to class, that'll do it, right? So that's it's kind of insulting, right? Because you're like, I spent all this time trying to work this out for you. So what we try to do is understand that the woman who's 60 and training 
has different goals and a different body and a different reaction to stress and the exercise and stress, the stress within exercise as a woman in her 30s, as a woman in her 40s and 50s. So, so when you describe stress, you I presume, and I don't want to presume anything, but I'll just check in here. Yeah, check in. You're talking about the multiple stresses. So the stresses mentally that I'm always talking about, the anxiety driven stuff that comes, and I'm not going to dive into that because you're right, I talk about it all the time. Um, but also the physical stress. Yes as well and hormonal stress exactly if we take it to the biology of it and i'll keep it i like to keep things understandable so i won't go into me too yeah love it is let's just talk about cortisol so cortisol is your get up and go hormone right it's the hormone that when you wake up in the morning gets you out of bed and kind of spikes up now the problem with most women, specifically women in their 40s and 50s, who are, in my opinion, the busiest, most stressed, most challenged with everything that they have spin and spin and spin in, um, then go up with their cortisol and tend up staying there because they're so stressed out. Yeah. I have to remember the school run. I have to remember this. I have to go and talk to my boss. I have, like there's all this pressure, right? Yeah. So they spike their cortisol and then they stay in that stressful state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you are flooded with cortisol into your system over a long period of time, it's cortisol um, along with um, cortisol and along with that we've got insulin in there. We've also got the, 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 the female parts as well. So we've got your estrogen, your progesterone, right? All of those do a merry little dance. So basically the more um, cortisol that you have, the more you are going to be more insulin uh, reactive. So that basically means you hold on to fat, you, you, you um, are just more anxious, more stressed out. And if you add exercise on top of that, you're just adding more and more and more. Does that make sense? So you're not actually using the cortisol for what the intention was, because we still need cortisol. It's, it's something that's important part of what of our yeah. life. But cortisol is, is like with adrenaline, it's uh, yes, on occasion, you want it in, a, in an acute environment, but you don't want it in a chronic constant constant environment 100 percent so when it comes to the exercise if you're choosing exercise that adds to that then you're just one keeping yourself in a more stressful state uh cortisol is the thing that gathers around your belly that's the thing that uh, helps to add to what we call menopausal belly um it's also the thing that stops you from um because then your body holds on to fat because it goes into more of a where the adrenaline can kick in and goes into fight or flight. It goes into all of these sorts of things. So that's when it holds on to it because, you know, it's not digesting food properly. It's yeah. all of these things. There's lots of different yeah. chemical reactions. So let's just say cortisol, excess cortisol equals bad. <laughs> but then if you think about it from an estrogen point of view as well. So during your menopausal uh, years, so perimenopause is where things are all going a little bit up and down. And like, there's just, it's a, it's, it's like, it's like a crazy graph, right? With perimenopause, because you don't know whether you're up or you're down. My perimenopausal graph will be different to yours. It's yeah. just an unknown time. But yeah. with menopause, we can start to see what happens. It's just the decline of your estrogen, right? So what is estrogen known for from a female body point and from exercise nutrition point? It's the thing that gives you your waist, right? It's the hormone you know, that gives you your bosoms, 
takes the waste in, gives you your hips and also your fat burning hormone. So naturally, as you're getting older, that poor little fat burning hormone is just declining, which is the other reason why we end up having menopausal belly. Then we get more stressed out about the fact that we're putting on weight. Strangely enough, it just adds and it becomes a compound. So you're just, you're just kind of going on from that. If you're then also adding high intensity exercise or too much cardio or going out for runs or doing all of these things, again, you're just adding more to that and you're adding more of the middle age spread. So that's why those sorts of things happen. So we don't sit down and go, should I be training differently? than how I was in my 20s? Should I be eating differently to how I was in my 20s? And what does it mean for my estrogen? What does it mean for my progesterone and all of those sorts of things? So what we do is we just tell you, <laughs> here's your, you know, here's, where are you in your life cycle? Are you still menstruating? Are you perimenopausal? Are you currently going through menopause? Are you postmenopausal? Here's some guidance with how to eat based on that as you're moving into menopausal and postmenopausal because of that decline in estrogen, if you're still estrogen dominant, what tends to happen is then you're holding on to more tox toxins. Um, so then if you're not, so if you're holding on to those toxins, you're holding on to excess cortisol, you're holding on to excess uh, toxins within the body that you're consuming. And let's say, because pretty much 90% of women at that age do not have good gut health, Correct. We're talking about the, the, the elimination process, ladies, you know what I'm saying? So we don't have a good elimination process. So we're not getting enough fiber. We're not eliminating that excess estrogen. So guess what happens? Then you're more tox, you know, you've got, you know, got a high uh, estrogen content and it just kind of goes round and round and round and round in circles. And that's why you have brain fogginess. That's why you have chronic fatigue, burnout, all of these sorts of things, because it's, and I, I'm sure this is how you talk about it too. It's a system. Your body's a system. It's not like, okay, well, I'm just going to do one class to work this muscle. I'm going to, you know, eat this, you know, uh, I'm not going to eat carbs and then therefore everything will be okay versus it has to be taken as a whole. It has to be looked at like, where's my hormones? What's my, um, you know, my triggers for that? Is my gut health good? Have I got high blood sugar? Blood, blood sugar is a big one as well. So it's not just, you can't just isolate and go, well, I'll go do this workout and that'll be fine. Or I'll just go and eat less carbs or I'll go and, do you know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm curious about, um, when you talked about holding on to estrogen, because I'm always talking to people about depleted estrogen in menopause. And for me, what I'm interested in with depleted estrogen, or I'm getting them to be introduced, interested in, is that when you have depleted estrogen, estrogen produces 90% of your serotonin, which is your happy, calm coping chemical. So, so that's where I'm often focused, is, is understanding that. Yes. So I'm telling a similar story in relation to the stress is increasing while the resources to deal with the stresses are decreasing. Yes. And that is why you can seek out other ways to raise that serotonin. Yes. Exercise exactly. like that. Also having more lean muscle mass will also help your ability, your body's ability to, um, it, 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 it's, it's an interesting thing. So generally what we, I always say is that it's really important that you start mindfully thinking about exercise, not as just, I need to stop being fat, right? That, 
that's the the biggest thing we don't even talk about well I do talk about weight loss a little bit because women it's important but really you know and that's okay I mean aesthetics are fine I mean I want women to feel sexy I want them to feel confident I want them to feel all of those things but what I find is that if you start thinking about exercise for long-term health for building your immune system for changing your body composition for building lean muscle to protect your joints your tendons etc that's a different kind of goal and a different mindset and I find that women as we hit our 40s we tend to be a little bit more deeper thinking about things we tend to take a bit more time to be like well how do I want to live like you know this is not this is no longer working for me I'm still so tired and fatigued maybe the kids are up a little bit and maybe you can start bringing things back to you and what do you want to be in the world and I find that it's easier then to talk more about health at this point and energy and longevity and immune system and all that sort of stuff whilst also still working on that but to answer your question which I haven't is that estrogen you have it's working towards the effects of estrogen so as we get older as you say estrogen plummets progesterone begins and also testosterone starts coming in there too and hence why we start to widen out when you um, add strength training which the goal of strength training specifically is to build lean muscle at this point so strength training becomes not only the tool that you talked about because it can be very meditative very therapeutic the way that you do it it's very much a grounding exercise that's what I hear from a lot of my ladies kettlebell training which is how we deliver it specifically um, is a very ancient practice it's actually where dumbbells and barbells come from so kettlebells came first thousands of years I know you were trying to work out which which way they came Um, there's actually there's actually you know evidence of them being used back in Olympic times as in the very first Olympics ever Um, so we're talking you know nearly a thousand years type of thing so it's a very grounding practice. It's done in your bare feet. It's a bit like yoga, a bit like martial arts. It's it's very you know grounding, um, and it's short. That's the best part. Like most of my workouts, when you're more in that intermediate phase, are thirty minutes. But most of them start from four up to twelve, maybe twenty, and that's that's sufficient. But it's very much about then using the strength training to boost that serotonin, which uh-huh. you're not missing focus on building lean muscle for overall health and energy and vitality, but it can also just be therapy. It can just feel really good to move your body, to say you're going to do something and then actually do it, that inner promise, that inner confidence that we always talk about. Um, And also it is balancing your hormones long-term because if you do it in a way that works with your, works alongside your central nervous system, not fights with it, Mm -hmm. um, then it actually can reduce the stress. Perfect, which which fits beautifully. And and I just want to share a little bit of a story that feeds into what you're saying so that so that's great advice for anyone that listens to me rabbiting on and on and on and on and on about depleted serotonin and how you need to you know find resources and I'm obviously very focused on the mental side of that so to get a physical addition to because I all I, I generally say there are other ways to build serotonin and I kind of park it at that <laughs> there are other ways so you're giving us a specific way which is great but what I wanted to add in, partly for your benefit, you won't know this, but, but for the audience. So um, I've been through, like I've been through my 40s and my 50s, and I just hit 60. So um, in my 40s, you know, I, I'd come from being, I, 
someone that liked to exercise, you know, I was doing martial arts and I got my black belt when I was 43. Mm-hmm. I felt amazing and all that was good. And, and then, and I kind of felt a little bit, I think, I think you can take it a little bit for granted. And you think if I just keep this up, that's all that's required. I can maintain my fitness because you see all these amazing women, you know, in their, in their 60s doing triathlons and things. But that didn't happen for me. What, what started to happen was uh, that my body didn't really feel quite like it wanted to do the kind of things I eat. Like my knees started going, oh my God, that's never happened before. Um, but one thing I did try, I now just do the walking thing with a little bit, but I love weights. And I want to say this for any women, you must get this, who think, oh, I, I don't really do weights. Um, I did a little bit of CrossFit. And they do kettlebells. What at what age did you do CrossFit? May I ask? Mid fifties. Okay. Um, but the kettlebells bit. Yes. And and the weights, I I love. You're right. It's really really enjoyable stuff. It's not weightlifting. Yeah. No. So the reason why I asked about that is that you've hit the nail on the head perfectly. Is that we suddenly think that every decade and every stage of life is the same for some reason or like I did martial arts I was awesome at him I'm going to do this forever and ever and ever and ever or or even like long distance running you talked about there CrossFit or any of those things the way that I mentally do anything is go well what's my intention right so I would have a conversation with one of my coaches who I met today and she's in her 30s but she's got two young kids so I always say to her like what's your goal like what do you want so for her her goal is fitness she wants to be the fittest person right so she loves doing high energy crossfit all that sort of stuff however I said to her brilliant that's amazing that's if that's what you want to do crossfit does exactly that you know the high energy does that however i need for you to track your menstrual cycle and on certain times throughout your menstrual cycle pull back on the ones that don't serve you to because if ultimately your goal is to be the fittest person you want to be fit by the end of the week not just when you do that workout does that make sense because you can do a workout and say you're in your luteal phase of your menstrual cycle. I know ladies stick with me that if you're in your menopause, but uh, this will help your daughters as well. So listen, is that if you're doing something really high intensity that close to your menstrual menstrual cycle, you're going to knock yourself off for the whole week. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be cranky. You're going to have brain fatigue. You're going to have all of those sorts of stuff. And was it worth it? Because you haven't got another workout in, in five days. So if your goal is overall fitness, knocking your pan in during one workout isn't going to get you fitter, if that makes sense. And it's the same when you're going, when you're moving through the forties and fifties, it's doing as much as is possible. It's not doing as much as is possible, but as much as is necessary. So when I do a workout, I go, what's necessary for my body today. Mm. So if I have a goal, most of my clients want to look like superheroes which is what you talked about earlier Um, and I do offer that because I know what it takes because I did it so I'm like I went you know and I got to the point where I look like a badass so I was like I can do that but it's more the belief it's more the feeling of what a a, a superhero means but it's doing what is 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 possible is no it's doing what is necessary so in your 30s it was good for you to do the martial arts etc going and doing crossfit in your 50s but what was the what was the intention? What was the point? If you wanted to get fitter, was that the best thing for you to do for your body? In my experience, no. 
Like if, you know, because it, it, it can be so intense and so stressful on the body that what you're giving up to get those gains is not beneficial. In fact, I actually did a full podcast on this called The Evils of Exercise is the first one and over-exercise, like literally over-exercising being one of the reasons why women feel like shit. That's cool. Well, um, if you share those links, then I'll, I'll drop them in, in the text. Um, yeah, you're right. So I, I did enjoy CrossFit. What was my intention? My intention was was partly to just get back into something because what had happened with me is I'd unwittingly gone through perimenopause and menopause and and had no idea. Like my story, if you've ever heard my story about why I ended up doing this was because I had no idea until afterwards that what had happened to me was that I'd gone through perimenopause and menopause. And I started doing CrossFit because I felt like shit. And I'm sorry about the language. I apologize to everybody. But I say that all the time. I, a lot. I had no belief in myself, no confidence. Um, I was, yeah, gaining weight was, was, was a, a symptom, but that wasn't the key thing. It was just that I felt awful, worthless, hopeless. And starting the CrossFit was just one thing that helped for a yeah. while. But you're right I did my back in so I stopped doing it because <laughs> generally uh, injury happens because of over exercise generally yeah. I can say rule of thumb 90% of the time injury happens because of over exercise and when I say over exercise the wrong sort of exercise yeah. doing much of the wrong thing that sort of thing yeah. so <clears throat> as I said it's it's finding what works for you and your body so a lot again a lot of programs out there that I know of they don't let you customize it they don't help to teach you you know what what it means to train through your menstrual cycle or train for your stage of life because it is different um and trying to learn that strength training post 60 post 40 specifically 40 to 70 mm -hmm. strength training is not just really good for you it's actually essential and i know you're hearing it from me you know the person whose job it is to swing kettlebells and talk to that but the reason why i do what i do remember was because i wanted to live a very very oh, long yeah. time and be strong and be kick-ass doing that and all the research that i have ever done says and one of the biggest ones that I'll just give you right now is that doing strength training regularly on a regular basis will give you a 90%, 19% um, extra boost on your immune system from not getting or dying from any disease. Yeah. So you're less likely by 19% to the average person beside you to not get cancer, you know, um, any sort of uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, the heart disease, which is the mm -hmm. biggest killer of women, basically, any of those things. And if that statistic doesn't make you go, well, at least I'll have a look. <laughs> at yeah. least I'll try something. I can pick up a weight because it's not about adding muscle. It's not about looking like, you know, a weightlifter, as you've said. It's about what is it going to do for my body? How is it going to help me to be the best version of me? How is it going to help my mind? How is it going to help my feeling of worth, which you've talked about there? That's the biggest one for me. You know, mm -hmm. I had I had terrible trouble with self-doubt, self kind of loathing, um, you know, even not even, I mean, I probably, I maybe am in perimenopause, who knows? <laughs> because I feel like some days I am almost bipolar with one day I'm like so excited. And then the next day I'm like, this is just not what's going on. Yeah, you so, could be there on the cusp. You could be there on the cusp. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, I, I did another interview recently, somebody talking about perimenopause and I keep going, am 
why I don't know um you know but uh but I think also we're, we're also having I don't know whether it's perimenopause or lockdown fever it's like mm -hmm. could be any yeah. of those any of the above but um so what I would say is I know that like a lot of women have their doubts or their concerns or their you know that weight's too heavy or I'm injured or and I, I understand women by the time they've hit 60 things hurt things don't move quite the way they used to there's aches there's pains there's sore shoulders there's dodgy knees there's sore whatever but it's never gonna get better no. you can't just you just it like I think I think there's a belief that if I don't move it <laughs> yes. if I move it as much it won't hurt as much oh you uh, you're so right. I'm so glad you said that because you're quite right I agree totally but also there's a sense that when this menopause thing has passed that that everything that like all of the what I had before will return no it won't <laughs> yeah it's like ignorance is not bliss in this one you know it's like you know it's not like I'll just get through to the other side well, the side of what no. you know or you know when my shoulder stops hurting then I'll do it yes. or when my I hear that a lot or I've got a whatever so I have a like a client for example who's got a sore shoulder she's actually in her late um 50s and when she started with me I was like you know what I'm not even I'm gonna say to you just don't do anything with your shoulder just do everything else don't do anything that moves your shoulder to begin with, but see all the rest of that stuff moving will help you to get your body into alignment and just moving. Don't even overthink it. Like literally don't overthink it. Just start moving. You can do body weight workouts, which help with strength training. I mean, it doesn't have to be a kettlebell, you know, resistance band. We do a lot of resistance band and low impact work as well. So I'm like, just, just, you know what, don't overthink it. Just do something. And then she was reporting the other day. She's like, well, I just started to do some band stuff because I was, I was a wee bit afraid of the bell. And I'm like, I understand. I was too. And then she just gradually, whatever. And she's like, oh my goodness, my shoulder is so much better. Mm -hmm. I was like, do you think that that's because you didn't move or is it think because you did move and you started to work with it? And she was like, oh yeah, I understand now. So it, it does one requires somebody to give you the science and for you to trust them enough to go, I promise you, this is what's happening. Let's find out for you why it's happening and, you know, makes, take some action, but also that they're, they're your cheerleader. They're a little bit of accountability. They're a little bit of support to go. You can do it. You can try it because as you said, going through this on your own, and not having a community, not having accountability, not having resources, like you, you would, you feel like you're going mad, Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, is what I've heard a lot of the time, like you can't yeah. even, you know, this certainly can't be what, how it's supposed to be and all these sorts of things. And I think that's the same with anything with journey with women, you know, whether you're going through a body shape change journey, whether you're going through, you know, uh, a new fitness thing that you want to do, the way that women work best is doing it together, like community, having a cheerleader, having a shoulder to cry on, having a, I'm having a really bad day, or why is this the way that it is? And trying to get some sense of clarity or understanding. So that's why I'm so glad that we get to do this because this is us reaching them going, you're not alone, we can help yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Well, honestly, Lisa, it's music to my ears because I actually really enjoy weight training. So I'm gonna start doing more of that. Brilliant. Yeah. And whether it be dumb, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just slightly, you know, 
towards the kettlebell because for me it's because I'm so wee like I'm only five foot they call me the fairy I'm a fairy ninja and my little hands I found certain dumbbells and barbells can just and what you know gym equipment can feel quite intimidating whereas a kettlebell is just like a purse with a handle that's like a heavy weight and they it's so much pretty much colors too don't they they come in pretty colors yeah. They're easily stored underneath your bed. You only need a couple of them. They don't cost anything. You get a full body weight workout. So, I mean, I, as you know, I am obviously slightly biased, but I just want somebody to start anything. I don't care. You know, if it's a kettlebell, great. If you're scared, body weight. If you want something else, resistance band, and we've got all of those things to help. But for me, it's just understanding it doesn't have to be about like what 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 we used to think of like fitness and weights and all that sort of stuff in our 20s and 30s is I want to look buff I want to look it's not about that anymore it's about strength it's about mental strength physical strength as you say ga gaining that sense of worth back that sense of pride like I always like to say that it's about having a body that you're proud of and that doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's the best perfect body that it's just something that you've worked hard on or that you've gone through a journey with or that you've started to really accept and love for what it can do and what it's yeah doing. yeah I think well certainly for me it was it was the mental well-being completely even if I wasn't fully understanding you know all the underpinnings of what was going on there you know most of us know that exercise makes us feel better you know and people which on about endorphins who cares what we call it if we know it it does as good. Feel better. It gives you the glow yeah. makes you feel like you're yeah um yeah. another one of my clients loves it because they're like because i say i'm gonna do it and then i do it and then i'm the person that does it that's how she describes it yeah. and she says i want to be a person that does it and i'm like that's, that's nice. you know for her that's lovely that's that's where she gets her confidence from you know that sense so it's you know because I hate things words like discipline words like consistency really scare me or like make me nervous and I'm somebody yeah. who you know, teaches these things whereas I like to talk about it from a just a point of view of just do something and then four minutes or five minutes yeah that turns into something else then you get excited then you want to do it the next day and then maybe the next day you add an extra minute because you feel like a badass yeah. and then the next day you go that was really fun I can do it again and then you're 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 coming from always a place of excitement and love and whatever versus I'm gonna go and do a workout or I'm gonna go do a class where somebody's gonna tell me that doesn't know my name doesn't know anything about me they're gonna make me do this workout because they are the you know the person at the front of the room or on the zoom call or whatever mm. and that's what upsets me too because that's not the answer no so. well it's been lovely thank you so much it's really informative and really helpful and just what i wanted and uh, hey if i wanted it then i'm sure that's what everyone else wants that's how i do all my podcasts <laughs> my party <laughs> exactly it's all about me but i'm helping you exactly. yeah no i get you totally get you <laughs> Um, well, we'll have to do it again sometime, but um, thank you so much for being our guest. And um, yeah, share those links. And when you do that, I'll drop them in the text. So um, I hope everybody else enjoyed that as much as me. Remember, you see, it's all about the stress. What have I said? It's all about the stress. All about the stress. All about the stress. Okay, thanks. And I'll see you all, as ever, share on your social media platforms. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it, tell your friends, get them to come by, check us out. Um, and otherwise I'll catch you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye for now.